I forgot to pray during the introduction. So excited about the song. Then I was going to come out here and pray to start the service, but I heard some of y'all holler out that we were supposed to pray, and then I thought, man, let's break that spirit of religiosity around here that you've got to pray at certain times. So we're going to pray at the end of the service. We ain't going to pray now. Like, I didn't realize we were so traditional around here that we get into routines that if we don't say a prayer during the announcements, like, all, everything falls apart. I think next week I'm going to preach first, and then we're going to do the music at the end of the service, just to really throw you. Three simple chords, and probably one of the most famous songs of all time. I actually did a teaching series for five weeks on that one song. I made the band play it every week. We broke down different lines from that song, and to this day, it is the favorite teaching series I've ever done. I just love that song. It's just a simple song, and every parent should be able to relate to that song. Passing down wisdom to your children. It really, in some ways, is the book of Proverbs put to words. The book of Proverbs is a dad passing down wisdom to his son, and this is a mother passing down wisdom to her son. And if you're young here today, always listen to the wisdom of your mother over the wisdom of your father. But man, I just love that song. And music is powerful, is it not? Johnny Depp said, music touches emotionally where words can't. Music touches emotionally where words can't. I love music. I, I, I love all kinds of songs, but I, I like really sad, depressing songs. Christine calls it death country. She goes, it makes you want to slit your wrist. It's so depressing. <laughs> I love it. I post lyrics all the time on my Facebook page. And it's funny, I'll post lyrics that have really nothing to do with my life at all. And then everyone starts reading into the lyrics. What's going on? Are you, are you good? Yeah, I just heard that song and I liked those lyrics, you know. Everything's fine. I'm not going to kill myself. I'm not going to jump off a cliff, you know. I haven't met a new woman. There's nothing to freak out about me, you know what I mean? I, it's good. I'm not snorting cocaine. I just like the, the lyrics. Words to music are powerful. Teach me, and I'll forget. Let me hear it through a song, and I'll remember it for the rest of my life. Now, I might not remember every lyric according to my daughter and my wife. They always ask me how I can hear a song a thousand times and still not know the words. I know the words. I like to freestyle and make up my own words. They're better. <laughs> Music moves us. It inspires us. I mean, the reality is our childhood was shaped by the music that we listen to. I'm in the event business. I put on events for a living. I deal over a course of a year with probably 50 to 60 different band bookings a year. And I love original music, don't get me wrong. And I, and, and I wish I could always book original music. And everybody, back that up, not everybody. Musicians always want to know why you don't book original music and why do you book cover bands and why do this? Here's why. Because at the end of the day, that's what the masses want to hear. They want to go back to the place where they first heard that song, the memories of that. They want to be able to go about their evening and even if they're not paying attention to the music that is playing, as it's playing, it's resonating in their mind and taking them back 
to a special place. The other day, I was doing something, and Love Bites came on by Def Leppard. Anybody remember the song, Love Bites? Without even thinking about it, I haven't thought about this in 20-something years. I looked at Christine, I said, man, that was my junior homecoming song. It took me back to the Decula High School gym. It reminded me of that time. There are songs that come back on and they take me back to different periods in my relationship with Christine. There are certain songs that come on and they take me back to different periods in um, raising my kids. I can remember when I got divorced and I can remember dropping my kids off for the first time. At that time, I had to drive down 20 towards Cartersville. I dropped them off and I got back in my car and I began to head home. And I'll never forget Highway 20 Ride by Zach Brown came on. I probably shed tears in my life three times in my life. My tear ducts don't work. I just don't cry. I'm not a crier. And I remember being so upset and crying so bad that I had to pull over on the side of the road. I can drive down 20 to Cartersville to this day, 16, 15 years later. And I can tell you the exact place I had to pull over as that song played. There's power in music. Music's powerful. And from time to time, a song comes along that just seems to cross boundaries of time. It seems to not worry about preference to style of music. There are certain songs that come along, and it doesn't matter how old you are, the song is not just centered to certain ages. There I say there are certain songs that come along and they just leave a legacy. I'm talking about those songs that man, people just know. The first chord of Don't Stop Believing hits and it doesn't matter how old you are, you know the song. Now here's what's interesting about that. Based on how old you are, has everything to do with where you know that song from. I found this interesting. I was at the last Guardians of the Jukebox concert at the mill a couple of weeks ago. And I was standing on the side of the stage. There was a security guy next to me. Younger guy, under 30. And the band began to play that song. And he looked over at me. And I forgot about this. Because I don't relate this song to that. He said, man, that's the song they played in the, the series finale of The Sopranos. I was like, yeah, they did. But it took him back to that because of his age. Some of you can go back all the way back, you old people, back to the late 70s. I don't want to give any names like Chuck Rogers, Doug. And you can go back and remember that the guy who sang that song in the band was a guy named Steve Perry. That was like four singers ago. And you can remember that. I mean, that's just power. That's the power in music. I'm talking about those songs that when you're shuffling through your place, I almost said those songs that when you're flipping through the radio station, but no one listens to the radio anymore. When you're flipping through and shuffling, it doesn't matter when it comes on. There's just certain songs you're stopping and you're listening to it. You might have been looking for another song. 
But when that one comes on, you put that on hold for a minute and you just listen. There's certain movies that are like that. If I'm flipping through the TV and Shawshank Redemption's on, I'm watching. I don't care where it's at. I'm stopping and I'm watching it. Rocky, I'm watching it. And there's certain songs. And today's song is that song for me. It is my all-time favorite song. And for so many people, especially if you grew up in the South, man, we connect with Simple Man by Leonard Skinner. You know how I know that? I'm backstage. The three chords hit. And I heard everybody out here immediately knowing what song it was. Immediately. You just know immediately, and immediately it takes you back. There's nothing complicated about the song. Again, it's a mother giving advice to her son. Something every mother has done. But she's taking a complicated thing, this thing called life, she's making it so simple. Let's just be honest for a minute. Life is complicated. Man, it's complicated. I always get a kick out of people. Some of the other day, they said, man, my life ought to be a reality show. Man, every life ought to be a reality show. Like, we're all crazy. We're crazy in different ways, but we're all crazy. I remember early on in mine and Christine's relationship, you know, we're mixing and bringing in new people into our life, new friendships and new things, and we would catch ourselves saying a lot, one or the other. Normally, when she would bring people into the relationship, it'd be me saying it, and when I was bringing people into the relationship, she was saying it, and I'd be like, man... How's he married to her? Or Christine, I'd bring a friend of mine, and she'd be like, man, I don't know how she does it. How is she married to him? And then I'll never forget one day I looked at her, because we were really bad about doing it. We would do it all the time. And I said, you know they say the exact same thing about us? Like, I, it's weird, I'm talking about myself in the third person. I'd be like, you're married to Gary Lab. Do you know how many people think you are bat crazy? And on the other foot, I said, I'm married to Rick Cope's daughter. Funny when you realize how they're looking at you, suddenly their relationships seem normal. We'll talk about our friends' relationships, and it's funny, it kind of changed our mind because it's like, man, life's just crazy. Relationships are crazy. What works for one couple might not work for another couple, or what works for one individual might not work for the relationships are complicated. Two different people. Coming together to live one life? God forbid those two different people bring kids into the relationship. It's complicated. Finances, money is complicated. Raising kids is complicated. How many of you parents, before you ever had kids or before your kids got to a certain age, you would always say the things your kids would never do? My kid won't ever do that. Tell you right now, my kid does that. This is what's going to happen. 
until my kid does it. And you just realize, man, parenting's complicated. We used to live, and I used to be the king of everything was black and white. There was no middle, there was no gray with me. Black and white. Ran a lot of good people in my life off by being black and white. It was very judgmental being black and white. The older I get, the more I go through life, the more I just realize I know nothing. I used to tell people, I, or I say this now, I say all the time, in my previous life, I would preach on Sundays. We would have multiple services to hold all the people. And I would get on a plane every Sunday evening and I would fly all over the country till about Thursday. I would preach at conferences all over the country and talk about life. And I said, it's funny, when I knew nothing, everybody wanted to hear what I had to say. And now I feel like I've grown and I've learned and I've realized life's complicated and no one wants to hear it. The more I know, the more I realize that, man, life is just interesting. It's complicated. Matter of fact, the last word that I think I would ever use to describe life would be simple. If that song right there, the mother breaks it down and it's hard to argue with everything she says. And she covers just about all the bases. And she says, at the end of the day, quit complicating things. At the end of the day, it's simple. At the end of the day, we're the ones who complicate things. We have evolved into this thing where we've made life a lot more complicated than I think God ever intended for it to be. And I think it's just human nature. We, we like to complicate things. I've got a buddy of mine who helps me do all kinds of stuff around here, technical, anytime I have an event. He's amazing at what he does. Sets up lights and stuff. And man, as a matter of fact, at our last show, we had a huge production company in there. And when the stuff overheated, they couldn't figure it out. And all of a sudden, I see him coming from the brewery. In two seconds, he had it fixed. Here's the problem with him. I don't care how he fixed it. I don't care how he gets the stuff to work around here. I just want to know it's working. But he feels the need to tell me every single detail of what he's done. I ran this three-quarter inch wire through this uh, flux capacitor over the wire thing. I plugged it into a lightning rod, and I sent... I, I don't... He, and I don't care. What he does is he takes something that to me is simple, boom lights, and he complicates it. Now, in his mind, it's not complicated. But in my mind, it is, and I don't care. But I think that's human nature. We complicate things. And I'm not sure that there's any area in life that we have complicated something that was supposed to be simple and turned it into this complicated, messy thing like Christianity. 
Preachers all over the nation day will get up and they will preach amazingly biblical messages today. And the people listening to them will leave not understanding one thing they said. I'll never forget one time I was going to a church. I was in Bible college. I went to a church and the pastor couldn't be there that day. And they had a guest preacher. Still remember his name. Professor Grinnelmeyer was his name. Four earned doctorates. Probably one of the smartest biblically men I'd ever met in my life. He was a genius when it came to the Bible. If you could understand what he was talking about. I'll never forget, he got up and he preached. And at the end, we went to a Baptist church. And the Baptist church at that time, you did these things called altar calls. So meaning at the end of the message, we wanted you to respond to the message we have taught and you come down. I don't know why you feel you had to do that. I don't see an altar call in the Bible. But it looks good. The little history lesson behind that is actually a guy named Charles Finney was an evangelist. He started altar calls. Before he became a preacher, he was a lawyer. And he was used to getting a verdict to let him know something that he had won in his thing. And he didn't like the fact that he would preach a sermon and not know if anybody was responding. So he started doing altar calls. He's like, oh, I won today. All these people came down. And I remember this guy got up and he breaks some stuff down and he's in the Greek and the Hebrew and the blah, 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 blah. And he gives the altar call and no one comes. And he gets mad. And he gives the altar call. So the way it works in the Baptist church, if you've never been to a Baptist church, there's this hymn called Just As I Am. And that's the song you always do. I don't know who decided that. don't know where that became in the book of the Baptist. But let me make this clear to you. They will sing that song 732 times until somebody comes down. They will not stop. I've shared to you my testimony story. I'm not going to share it. I finally went down. Remember, I shared that story with you. I didn't want to fry like bacon. I went down. But I remember he's getting mad, and finally he says, if you're so right with God, what are you doing here? And I remember sitting in my seat. I was 21 years old and thinking to myself, I don't know if I'm right with God or not based on what you taught because I don't know what you just taught. I don't understand it. You could have been preaching on something crazy, and I go down now, I'm admitting to it, and I didn't even know what I was doing. I'm not going down. I already took one for the team and went down the last time. I'm not doing it this time. <laughs> you know? I remember first time I had ever been in a church service at that time in my life where nobody went down. And after 937 times of just as I am, they finally stopped. I think the piano player's fingers started cramping or something. But man, we've taken Christianity. And we've made it complicated. We've taken God, and we've made it complicated. And even as I say that right now, it's making some of you uncomfortable because you've been taught for so long, there's all these rules and regulations that come with being a Christian that it has to be complicated. You've got to dress a certain way, and you've got to act a certain way, and you've got to talk a certain way, and you've got to look a certain way, and you have to know the secret handshake and the secret code, and we even have a secret language that I like to refer to as Christianese. 
Anybody been to a normal church where they have Christianese? How you doing, brother? Who calls anybody brother anywhere? Except Hulk Hogan. Like, it's weird. Like, you can't even call it like getting together with friends. Like, we're going to fellowship. Who uses that word? Like, I'd never be like, I'm going to go fellowship with the neighbors. Well, I don't say anything about the neighbors, but I don't say let's go hang out with the neighbors. But I'm like, I'm not, I'm not going to go fellowship at the pool today. Like, no, I'm going to go hang out at the pool and get drunk. Like, like, but we have our own Christianese language. You know what I mean? It's weird. How you doing, man? Blessed. Like, blessed, what does blessed mean? Because that man, like, dude just wife just left him. He just went bankrupt and he's blessed. Like, blessed is just like the all-encompassing word. It's like Christianese. Like, we complicate things. We've complicated Christianity when it's so simple. See, we, we've forgotten how simple it is. And let me, let me just sum up Christianity for you real quick. Most famous verse in all the Bible, John 3, 16. It doesn't get any more simple than this. For God, big G, so loved. He loved us, the world. Now, I know this is hard for some of you to understand. He, he so loved the world, not America, the world. Not blonde-haired, blue-eyed people. I know, I know that's hard for you. The world. That means everybody in the world. Flat earth, circle earth, whatever you believe, everybody in the world. The God so loved the world. White people, black people, Spanish people, Asian people, straight people, gay people, Uh, so many, so many people now. I can't. Uh, trans people, bi people, tri people, quattro people. I don't know all people. All people. People who love him, call themselves Christians. All people. People who are atheists and don't even believe he loves them. Muslims, rich, poor, homeless, not homeless. People that we deem good people and people that we deem bad people. God loves them. For God so loved the world that he gave. He gave. When you give something, it comes no strings attached. You give it because you give it. If I give you something, I'm giving it to you. I don't give it to you because you earned it. If you earned it, that's a wage. If you were good for it, it's not, I'm not giving He gave what he gave? His one and only son. His son who came and lived a perfect life. He gave that son for you and I. And check it out. So that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. That's simple. God loves us. God sent his son. His son died on the cross for our sins. And if we believe that, we will not perish but have our life. It doesn't say if we go to church every week. And I believe church is vital. The Bible says not to forsake the assembling of ourselves together. It doesn't say if you give financially to the church. I believe you should give financially. I believe the Bible says God loves a cheerful giver. The Bible says bring the first fruits to the storehouse. I believe in giving. I believe you cannot outgive God. I believe people that have financial problems are people that don't understand that you cannot outgive God. But I'm glad to know that my giving to God doesn't have anything to do with me not perishing. 
It doesn't say he so loved the world that whoever believes in him. It said that whoever is nice to everyone. See, I don't got to be nice to everybody. It just says whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. It really doesn't get any simpler than that. I actually had someone stop me the other day. I, my office is downtown now, and I walked to the bank, and somebody stopped me, and we started talking about church and blah, blah, blah. I hadn't heard this term in forever. And they said, are you one of those easy prayerism churches? I said, what do you mean? You believe you can just throw up a prayer and you're saved? I said, no. I said, I don't believe that. I said, I believe you got to believe. I said, we're an easy believism church. What's that? I said, I don't even believe you got to pray. You got to believe. I see nowhere in the Bible where a prayer saves somebody. It says you must believe. What's hindering me from being baptized? The Ethiopian eunuch asked, and he said, you must believe. Whoever believes in him shall not perish by everlasting life. We simply believe. We believe that Christ paid the penalty for our sins. There's not going to be a lot of verses up there today because I'm actually rabbit trailing so bad that I don't even know if I'll get to this message. The Bible says, for all of sin and come short of the glory of God. The Bible says, there is none righteous, no, not one. So guess what that means? Nobody's perfect. We've all screwed up. We've all messed up. There is none righteous, no, not one. None. That baby back there making noise right now is not perfect. It's interrupting my service. Later on, you know what that baby's going to do? That baby's going to have nothing wrong with it. And it's going to cry like something's wrong with it. Just to get its way. I don't know what baby that is, and I'm not offending the parents. The baby's going to lie to them. Even a baby's not perfect. <laughs> nothing wrong with me. I'm going to cry all night where you can't sleep. Why? Because I can. I'm a baby. There's no one perfect. We all mess up. It always kills me like when someone messes up, it's like pastors mess up. Like, I can't believe he did that. You're right. He became perfect when he became a pastor. Never wanted to mess up again. He never wanted to lose his anger again. He never wanted to drink too much again. He never, you know, I, I wish that when we got married, and it's one of the questions I'm going to ask God when I get to, I got lots of questions for God when I get to heaven. And one of the questions I'm going to ask God is some, this is going to offend some of you, and I don't really care because I'm just being honest to keep it real and raw. I'll be like, God, why when I said I do, did you not make all other boobs ugly? I don't understand. It would make life a whole lot simpler. God, why when I got married, do I walk into the church and Betty Blankenship has red lipstick on and her shoulders showing that I got to go confess to my wife about it? You see Betty with that red lipstick on? And then my wife, because she knows me, says, and her shoulders are showing. I don't understand it. Not perfect. It was so bad that I had to walk up on stage during rehearsal. They were up here practicing that beautiful song Melissa was doing. And I leaned into Kylie's ear and said, man, your wife and that red lipstick. He just smiled. Because he knows. So he's not very pastor-like. I don't care. All of sin and fall short of the glory of God. There is none righteous, no, not one. So God had to send a perfect gift because imperfect people, imperfect things cannot go to a perfect place called heaven. 
There's a penalty for our sin. The Bible says, for the wages of sin is death. That's not talking about a physical death. Let me get really deep with you like Dr. Grenelmeyer. That's not talking about a physical death. It's talking about a spiritual death. If you break it down in the original language, our language is limited. It's talking about a spiritual death separated from God. So the Bible says the wage, what is a wage? A wage is a payment. If I tell you that you're going to come work for me for 40 hours a week, I'm going to pay you $10 an hour, you're going to get $400 at the end of the week. And I know that's very low wage, but that's all my math can do is multiply by tens. So, I owe you a wage. Why do I owe you a wage? Because you did something and there's a wage. The Bible says the wages of sin, so there's a payment for our sin. Death. The payment for our sin is separation from God. For the wages of sin is death. But, but, the rest of the verse is but, I have said this now for 15 years. There's a lot of good buts in the Bible. I'm going to do a series because I like big buts and I cannot lie. Like I'm going to talk about the buts in the Bible. The wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ his Son. There's that word again, gift. For God so loved the world that he gave. What do you give? You give a gift. Simple. It's not complicated. Here it is. We're sinners. There's a wage for our sin. God so loved us that he paid that sin. He paid that penalty. He paid that debt that we owed. That's amazing. I had a friend a while ago, had some car problems, and I was in a position where I could help them with their car. They came to me and said, I want to pay back. Said, you don't pay me back. I don't let people borrow money. I was in a position and I wanted to do it, and God blessed me because I got to do it. I gave that no strings attached. That person owed me nothing in return. I didn't expect anything from them in return. I gave because I was able to give. God gave his son. It's simple. Yet we complicate it. Because the church could not deal with free will. The church could not handle people making decisions on their own. We had to control them, and we had to manipulate them. And they'll go back, and I don't want to get too deep and complicated, but here's what happened. The religion, Christianity became the state religion. The, the country religion, and kings used it to control people. They would twist the translations and twist the rules and come up with what they needed to say to whatever benefited them. So we begin to implement rules. I told you the church I gave my life to Christ in had rules. One of the rules was you could not go to the movies. Now, you could go to Blockbuster. Young kids Google that, Blockbuster. It was amazing. You miss out on every Friday night not going to Blockbuster. I feel bad for you. Couldn't go to the movies. It was a rule. Couldn't go to a restaurant that served alcohol. So literally, if you didn't want fast food, you could go to Shoney's. There used to be a place called Po Folks. Yeah. And it was Folks. Oh, I miss Folks. Rules. We complicated it. Fall in line. Church I got gave my life to Christ then. They had a rule. You couldn't sing any songs in the corporate worship because they weren't 25 years old. 25 years old, the song had proven itself and stood the test of time. You don't see that in the Bible anywhere, but man, it was rules. It's complicated. 
Women could not wear pants. Because they might look like a man. Let me see. Any women out there in pants today? I don't want to be. Oh, my wife is. Okay, good. I was fixing to use Nicole, and I didn't want to be weird with Nicole, so I'm going to use my own wife. Come here, babe. Now, I don't want y'all to be inappropriate like I was with Kylie earlier. Turn around. Check her out from this side. Check her out from this side. Check her out from this side. Has anybody mistaken her for a man? Okay. Okay. Never understood that rule. When I was single, I never tried to pick up a dude in pants thinking it was a woman. Sorry, man, got confused. You messed me up there. Just stupid rules that would complicate things. So God pays the price for our sin. He gave. No strings attached. He gave. It's a gift. Can't work for a gift. It's something someone just gives you. Yeah, we've taken this simple thing and we've complicated it. We've taken Christianity and it's no longer about John 3.16 for God so the Lord that he gave. We've taken Christianity and it's no longer about what God did. It's about what we do. Here's the rules. Had a guy come over here the other day and meet with me. He's one of his. He's in a band, and his band's going to be playing at one of my festivals. And he wanted to come down and talk to me. And I met this guy in a church a long time ago, and he was in the worship band at that church. I said, "Man, where are you going to church today?" And he said, "I don't go to church anywhere." I said, "Why not?" He goes, "Man, I got sick of being guilted all the time." He goes, "I was married, I was young, I had three kids, I was working nonstop, and then every week I'd hear the preacher get up and say, "If you don't." If you love God, you'd be doing this. And if you love God, you'd be serving here. And he goes, man, I didn't have any more time. And he goes, I just got to the point where I didn't feel like, man, maybe I don't love God. Complicating things. Instead of doing about what he did, it became about him, his works. Does his good outweigh his bad? And oh, by the way, your good never outweighs your bad. It no longer has become about a relationship. And make no mistake about it, Christianity is about a relationship between us and Christ. It's about a relationship. But we've taken the relationship out of it and we've replaced it with rules. We've complicated Christianity. We've made it something that God never intended for it to be. It's funny, I read this book and I see some effed up individuals that God used. I see a murderer that God, I see murderers God used. I see adulterers that God used. Matter of fact, one of them's name was David, and God said he was a man after his own heart. I see liars that God used. I saw skanky women that God used. Ain't it funny a woman can go sleep with him? About 20 minutes, she's a skank. A man can do it. Man, he's a hero. Life ain't fair, lady. Sorry. I'm just kidding. 
I'm talking about sleeping with 20 different people don't be saying right. I'm talking about women. You, my wife. That's right. Sleep with anybody. Women. Crazy. You'd be like, I've never been with anybody but you, honey, even though I had a kid with someone else. Dang. Wrong with her. I'm leaving her home going to the beach by myself. This book's full of messed up people. And God used them. Crooks, liars, thieves, religious zealots, people with bad tempers, people that were bad parents. I mean, man, just to speak on David for a little while. David was a horrible parent. His own son tried to overthrow him. People who went through divorces, people who walked away from God. People who doubted, people who couldn't even operate in faith. Thomas said, I got to see it with my own hands, for I believe it. I want to see the nail scars, for I believe. Doubting Thomas, and God used him. Elijah wanted to kill himself, and God used him. We just got to have a series on Samson. Good God Almighty, what did Samson not do? And God used him. I'd be willing to say almost everybody in this Bible wouldn't be welcome in most churches. I'm really going to blow your mind here, and I'm not going to break it down, and I'm not going to go into a deep on this, because some of you will get offended. I'm going to make this very clear. I'm not saying I believe this. But I'm also going to say I don't not believe it, because I've read the arguments, and it makes some interesting sense. I'm not even going to give you the names of them. But you know there's some theories out there used on scriptures and based on history that go very in-depth that would lead you to believe especially two individuals in the Bible were gay. You say, where they? I don't know, I wasn't there. But the arguments are interesting. Hear a pin drop. Gary said someone in the Bible might be gay. That'll be on Cherokee Connect today. We've taken something that was so simple, John 3, 16, and we've complicated it. It's no longer about the simplicity of the gospel. You say, what's the gospel? The gospel is the good news. What's the good news? God so loved the world that he gave. It all goes back to this. And we've complicated it. We've made it so confusing. But here's the deal, and I... And I I'm going to get out of here quick. Because literally, as soon as church is over, we're going to the beach. Listen, 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 listen. And I will be here next week, so do not lay it. I'm coming back Wednesday morning, you bunch of heathens. Yvonne, I'll be back Wednesday. Faye, don't tell Faye you ain't going to be here because she'll call her whole crew and tell them I ain't going to be here. And then act like she don't. Are you going to be I won't tell nobody. Yes, she will. Like, Faye, my right hand is so much of my business stuff, and i got to lie to her about whether I'm going to be here or not. Now she's going to be mad at me because I ratted her out. Sadly, this complicating Christianity thing is nothing new. The religious leaders all the way back to the time of Christ complicated things. They complicated it so much that when Jesus hit the scene, they hated him because of the simplicity of his message. They were trying to trip him up, always trying to get him caught in things. 
Look what the Bible says in Matthew 22. Hearing that Jesus had silenced the Sadducees and the Pharisees, that's the two religious groups. So Jesus had silenced them together. One of them, because the religious always got to get the last word. One of them, an expert in the law, an expert, he had four doctorates probably. His probably name was Pharisee Grinnemeyer. Tested Jesus. They're always going to try to test you. I like it when they tell me, just to play devil's advocate for a minute. I always say, the devil don't need no advocates. Let me test you. Teacher. And he said that in a condescending way. Teacher. Because they didn't look at Jesus as a teacher. Teacher. Which is the greatest commandment in the law? Which is the greatest commandment? Now, if I remember correctly, do not hold me to this. I'm going from memory. I believe there were 613 laws in the Old Testament. That might be a law. If I know it's 600 something, I think it's 613. 613 laws. Rules that they had made. Clothing had to be a certain way. You could do certain things on certain days. Man, you could jump on one foot, but not twice on the other foot. Just weird stuff. Couldn't eat pork. Couldn't do all kinds of stuff. Man, they could not live in the South. Couldn't eat pork. Get the out of here. He said, which of the laws, which of the 613 is the greatest? And Jesus replied without flinching. He said, love the Lord God with all your heart and all your soul and all your mind. That's the first and greatest commandment, he said. But he came and took a whole another level because Christ always takes it to the next level. He said, but the second is like it. It's like what? It's like the first. What's the first? Love God with all your heart. The first is the greatest. But he said the second is the same. So that means the second's equal. Love your neighbor as yourself. Now look what he says. All the law and the prophets hang on these two commandments. All 613 laws, I think it's 613, all hang on these two things. Here's what he was saying. Y'all have complicated this thing. You got 613 rules, 613 laws, 613 things you say people got to do. And if they do those things, it shows whether or not they love God. He said, no, I just love God and love people. And all the rest hang on those two things. Christ came along, not only did he give his son, he came along and he said, keep it simple. Love God and love people. Love God and love people. Oh, I have it in my notes right here, 613. Dang, I was right, I'm so good. Listen, that's what it means. Love God, love people. He's showing up in this complicated system of the religious, and they had to be put in their place. I mean, like, like, think about this. This is how religious they were. One time Jesus heals a man who couldn't walk. Guy couldn't walk for 38 years. Jesus comes along, boop, boop, that's what I believe. Like, boop, boop, that's what the sound that I believe made when Jesus Healed people. Like when I would heal people, it'd be, bzz, it'd be like that, but Jesus like, boop, boop, and he healed people. That's how it works in my head when I'm playing the movie. 38 years, guy couldn't walk. But instead of rejoicing that Jesus heals the man and he can now walk, they begin to get on to Jesus because he healed him on the Sabbath, and he's not supposed to work on the Sabbath. Oh, you healed him. Big deal, he can walk after 30. You did it on Sunday. Day of rest. Can't use the energy to heal somebody. You can't go boop, boop. That was how stupid their rules were. That's how dumb their rules were. 
we've overcomplicated this thing called Christianity. And in the process, mm, we've overcomplicated this thing called Christianity. And in the process, once, what once was a movement, go back to Acts, thousands were saved and added to the church daily. We're here today because of what took place. Now, what once was a movement that changed cities and changed nations and changed lives, what once was a movement has now become a monument. Stagnant. We no longer talk about moves of God in our current state. We talk about old moves of God. When you talk more about the past than you do the present, you become a monument. When your best days are behind you, you ever met that guy who never left high school? Oh, man, I hate that guy. Hate that guy. He's a football coach. I, get a, I have a lot of football coach illustrations because I think they're all idiots. One of these football coaches, not Jason. Feel bad. Yeah, Jason goes to my church. I feel bad. Everybody but Jason. And every time I talk to this guy, he's talking about high school football. Like, dude, you're 40 years old. He reminds me of um, is it Uncle Rico from Napoleon Dynamite. Like, I picture him living in a van down by the river, talking about, like, <laughs> you know, 1976. I remember we were dropping the field at the state championship game. Like, that's the best day of your life? I don't get it. But that's what Christianity's become. We talk about the movements that used to happen, and we no longer see movements anymore because we've complicated it. We've complicated it. So I really have nothing earth-shattering for you today except that this thing that we do, it's simple. You believe in Christ. And, and then once you believe in Christ... The Bible says you'll be known by your fruit. If I plant an apple seed in the ground, guess what I expect to get? Apples. I ain't never, I ain't never planted an apple seed, let's just be honest. But I ain't never planted an apple seed expecting to get oranges. I ain't never planted an orange seed. Do oranges have seeds? I never planted an orange seed. I don't eat fruit or vegetables, so I don't know how those work. I've never planted a cow seed and expected a pig to grow up. Being honest. The Bible says we'll be known by our fruit. The things that are blooming from us. So it's easy. We believe in Christ. And then the outflow of our belief will be two things. That's it. Not the way you dress. Not the way you talk. I can't believe he cusses. That's so horrible. Shut up. I always get a kick out of people who think you've got to act a certain way in church like God don't see you in the street. You think God hears me cussing here any more than he hears me cussing at the house? I can't believe we play that music in the church. You play it in your car radio. Shut up. Stupid rules. And who says they're cuss words? That's my logic. Some man said they're cuss words. To me, they're just words. They have a lot of emphasis to them. Matter of fact, I'm going to put her on the spot. I want to embarrass her. And I normally always ask people before I embarrass them. But my neighbor, Melissa, I'm at the pool one day, and their daughter's there, and I'm cussing because that's what I do. 
kids are here. I, I got the look from Christine across the pool because she knew it was about to be on light. I said, and? They don't need to hear that. You know what you get when I'm around. And guess what? I guarantee that cute little girl, she cute as can be, she cussing when I ain't around. At three, two, wherever how old she, she cussing. You know how I know she cussing? Because she got older brothers. And they cussing. How you know they're cussing? Because they Luke's age. And I hear him cussing. He, when I don't, he don't know I'm everywhere. I roll up in my house one day. Remember this, Christine? Open that freezer. I get me some ice cream. And, and my wife, not, not, she's done really good with it. If I say she has it, she's going to get mad. And she would never say she used this term. But I like to think my wife used to fat shame me when I wanted ice cream. You need that ice cream? See, arguing down there right now. You had ice cream three nights in a row. So I roll up in the house. Matter of fact, I can tell you when it was 4th of July. They're over there shooting fireworks, boom, 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 cussing. Because all of them are drunk, cussing, about to blow their hands off. God forbid, that's okay on 4th of July, you can cuss in front of kids, but not the pool. So I roll away because I'm like, hmm, some ice cream. Benefit of being me is they're not, they're used to me walking away midsection. I'm like Homer Simpson in that, that little video going around to the bushes. They really went on my nerves. I just wanted some ice cream. And I ain't going to lie to you. I already had some brownies earlier. So I knew if I ate ice cream after eating brownies, it would be really hard for her not to fat shame me. So I roll up in that house quiet. And nobody hear me because Emily will fat shame me too. 16 years old. I'm glad you can eat whatever you want and not gain any weight. So I'm opening that freezer quiet. Fireworks are going off, so all the dogs are hiding. They, can't, they don't hear me at all. I'm sitting at the table eating my ice cream. Suddenly I realize the four teenagers are up the steps. I'm talking about make a sailor blush, the stuff they were talking about. I sit there and eat my ice cream. Teenagers are going to be teenagers. I try to remind myself. I remind Christina this. It's, hard to, it's easy to remind her. It's hard for me to remind myself. When I was a teenager, I was doing the same thing. I was cussing. I was doing that stuff. Then all of a sudden, I got to thinking, hmm, a lot of stuff I did when I was a teenager, I don't want my daughter doing upstairs. I started getting mad because they can't hear me down there eating my ice cream. I'm quiet like that. All of a sudden, I can't take it no more. So I finish my ice cream because I ain't going to do it in the middle. I'm going to finish my ice cream first. I go to the bottom of them steps. Hey! I, I just lose it. I'm screaming at them. I'm hollering at them. They look like they, I think they might have peed their pants. I don't know. Especially the boys. Was there a point to that story? What were we talking about? Oh, cussing. Yeah, right, cussing. Bottom line is they cussing anyway. I said all that to say that. They're cussing anyway. So, so we've complicated Christianity. So it's real simple. We put our belief in God, and the outflow of that will be two things. First of all, you'll love God. Therefore, what is the great commandment of the Lord? You just probably love your God, your neighbor. It's all your mind, so God wants all of you. He doesn't want some of you. He wants all of you. When you put your faith and your trust in Christ, Christ will have all of you. 
The preacher will not have to get up on stage and guilt you. and will not have to beat you up. I love in Acts, it says they were saved, they were baptized in the Bible, and they devoted themselves to the teaching. Besides, we ought to have a Bible study. No, you ought to devote yourself to the teaching. When you love God, you will want to live a life that is pleasing and loving to God. He wants all of us. We like to give God some of us. He wants us emotionally, spiritually, mentally. He doesn't want a little of us. He wants all of us. We serve a jealous God. The Bible says in Exodus, do not worship any other God, for the Lord whose name is jealous is a jealous God. He don't want 75% of you. He wants 100% of you. And that will be the outflow when you put your faith and your trust in him. The Bible says in 1 John, we love because he first loved us. How did he love us? He loved us in John 3, 16. He gave his only son. So an outflow of that will be that we love God. It's not complicated. It's simple. Don't know us by our fruit. What's our fruit? We love God. Man, how could we not love God? You know what God's done for me? Some of you forgot what God's done for you. You've gotten over what he got you on, over. I don't know what I'm starting to say. You just got over what God did for you. How about that? Beach brain right now. So we're going to love God. And last of all, the outflow of that will be you will love people. Second, it's the same as this. Love your neighbor as yourself. But then look what John 13, 34 says, a new commandment I give to you, that you love one another just as I loved you. You're to love one another. When you, when you start loving people, when you stop loving people, you'll start taking advantage of them. When you love people, you love them no strings attached. You love them regardless of what they can do in return. Just love people. It's not complicated. We've made it complicated. I've actually heard preachers get up recently preachers and say if you vote a certain way you can't be a Christian huh I just see what the Bible says believe now if you vote a certain way I might question your intelligence but you can be a dumb Christian it's not complicated we believe and then because we believe we love God and we love people Someone said, I just feel like this church is just too simple. Yeah. We love God and we love people. When are we going to start this? Never. We're 11 years old. You think all of a sudden we're going to start a youth group? No. You want to be in here, hear me. I'm young. Hippest youth pastor in this town. I had a crazy guy yesterday <laughs> asked me. He started a, a college service here once a month, and it's drawing hundreds of people. All these churches are part of it. They wanted us to be part of it. I said, man, you can use our building. That's all I care about. And they don't want to use our building. They do it at the mill. The day, yesterday, they, they were crazy enough to ask me if I want to teach at it. They know what's up. Them college kids will love me. I'll have them frying like bacon. <laughs> love God, love people. Stop complicating this thing. You know why so many people are walking away from this thing? Because we've complicated it. You know why so many people are burned out with this thing? Because we've complicated it. You know why so many, they don't have a problem with Jesus. Problem's the church, complicating it. It's simple. When you learn to live that simple life, it's game changing. Love God, love people, let's pray.